This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. And sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Julie tells their stories to help you find hope, inspiration, and direction to show how the saints discovered and accomplished God's mission for their lives. Here we are with part two of our Saints and Animals. I'm going to lead off with Martin DePoris, a Dominican, Peruvian. He lived in the late 16th and early 17th centuries, and he was part African-American and part Spanish. So he was mixed and he was so holy. Lots of miracles, lots of grand things happened through him. Humble, holy man. But one of the attributes was that he had a heart for animals and he could communicate with them. So he, he had like a hospital. He was a barber. And in, the, in those days, the barber cut your hair, but they stitched your skin too. They learned medical arts and herbs. It's very strange, but that's the way it was. But he applied this to the animals too. And he had set up a little hospital for them where dogs and cats or, or whatever would come. But animals would actually show up at his cell sometimes wanting to be healed and he'd let them stay there until they were well and then could go back. There are several stories with him. One is that the Dominican brothers brought him two bulls. One was older, one was younger, and they were always fighting and it was just difficult to have them and they didn't know what to do with these bulls. So Martin, he has a talk with the bulls and he, he makes a deal with the, with the older bull. He said, you know, you need to just let the younger bull eat first and have his fill. He needs more than you. And the bull obeyed and he even kissed Martin, you know, with his, with his snout. He loved the attention he got from Martin. He and the younger bull were obedient and they got along ever since. Is that a sweet story? Another story was that the monastery was overrun with mice and so he makes it, he talks to the mice. He says, you know what? You need to leave the monastery. You need to be out of our food. You need to be out of our clothes, everything. You need to, to, to live somewhere else and I'll feed you. So if you stay out of the monastery, I'll feed you. This is the deal he made with the mice. And you know what? He kept his end of the bargain and so did they. The infestation quit, but he always went outside the monastery and he brought them some food every day. Another time there was a, the, the monastery, the, the, the Dominicans, they, they owned some animals and they owned a turkey and a man who was, who wanted that turkey, wanted to eat the turkey. He stole it and he took it home. So Martin goes to his home and the man comes to the door and he says, you know, I know you stole the turkey and you need to give it back. You need to repent. It's sinful to steal. And the man denied it. Well, then he denies it and Martin can hear the gobble. 
gobble in the back, you know? And so the man's, you know, he's busted. He, he confesses, he's sorry, he repents, he, he, he's, he gives the turkey back. And so the turkey then became, it never did have to get eaten. It became Martin's companion. It just hung out with him. It just was so devoted to him after that. Another time there was a dog, it was brought to him. And this dog had been badly injured. Uh, it had a, a, a wound, like a sword wound or something. And so the, they, it was brought to him. And so he just, he didn't really stitch it up or do anything. He just um, put some salve on it and prayed over it. And it was dying. And immediately in front of everybody, the dog was healed. It jumped up, it licked him. It was so grateful and happy. And he told it, now you don't go get into any trouble. <laughs> go home to your master. Oh, it's interesting stories with him. Martin de Porres is kind of like what we'd say the Dominican version of St. Francis, but there's actually many more stories with him and animals than with St. Francis. We've got St. Francis of Assisi, you know, preaching to the birds and, and nature and being one with them, or, or also the wolf that was, that was going to attack everybody and he just talks to him, brother wolf, and suddenly the, the wolf is tame. Uh, that's another example of preternatural gifts, you know, like, like I talked about in the other show, but, uh, but Martin de Porras really, he did take care of animals. He had his little hospital set up and, and he did. And so he is the patron saint of mixed race peoples, barbers, innkeepers, public health workers, and all seeking racial harmony and the patron saint of animals. Next, I want to talk about Saint Therese of Lisieux. When she was a girl living at home still, she wanted a furry beast. And her dad found one, a dog, a Springer Spaniel for her. And he did a little research. He wanted to get a good dog for his daughter. And the dog's name was Tom. And uh, I'm showing a picture of Tom and Celine. We don't have a picture of Tom with Therese, but it was her dog. And so she would feed him and pretend that he really needed her to, 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 uh, to survive. And she played, he played the games, he played dolls with her. She, this dog was devoted to her, loved her. You know, we have a record that when, when Therese was still young, before she entered the convent, she got to go on a trip to Europe, the one time in her life that she, that she left her little town of Lisieux. And, and during that time, Tom, Tom didn't eat. He didn't want to eat when she was gone. That's a very interesting thing. So she goes into the convent and of course she has to leave Tom. There are, there's another story about Tom at, at the convent. So you wonder, did, did, did Tom just go and hang out there sometimes hoping to, to hear her voice through the walls or something? I don't know what was going on, but one day she was there to help with um, the door letting workmen in to the, the convent, okay? Because they, they were cloistered. But when she goes to tend the door, Tom is there. And, and he, and he gets in and he gets under her habit and he doesn't want to leave and he jumps all around her and she's crying, you know, it's just the most tender thing. He just wanted to be with her as close. And they say that Tom often hung out on the steps of the church, you know, and, and it's because he loved her, you know, 
and um, her little furry beast that her dad got for her. And that's just a, a beautiful story about Therese and her dog. And they say his personality was like, you know, he was a little bit protective of the family. He would mourn when she was gone. And then he still obviously kept as close a tab as he could on her while she was in the convent. The last story I want to tell you about animals, and this is a really good story. It involves a wolf. It involves two lions and it involves a raven. And this has to do with, um, in the third century, uh, the, the first desert fathers, um, Saint Paul of the desert and Saint Anthony of the desert. So Anthony is, is thought to be the father of the desert fathers, like the first one, but he really wasn't. The first one was Paul. Paul had lived there. And so Anthony at this time, he's 90 ish and Paul is like 113. So he's, and he lived there his whole life. He went as a young man and lived in the desert his entire life. Anthony wants to find Paul. And so he goes searching for him. He doesn't know quite where to find him or, or how to, but he knew the area that he might be. And and he has a dream, it directs him, you know, and so he takes him a few days. He's out in the desert, he's an old man himself, and he's not quite sure, you know, which way to go. And then he sees a she-wolf, and she goes between, in, in between two big mountain boulders, like a little pass that you wouldn't see, and he follows her, and he comes to the place where Paul lives. And Paul has a cave, he has a spring and he has a date palm. And every day of his life, a raven would bring him a half a loaf of bread. So he lived on dates and bread. And the fronds from the, from the um, palm tree, he wove into clothes and that's, you know, and he had the spring for water. So that's how he lived. So they find, so he finds him. Anthony finds Paul. And it's like this instant friendship. Anthony wants a contemporary. He wants a father, someone he can ask questions to, someone who's further along in the spiritual life than him. And he finds Paul, but Paul knows that he's dying very soon and that Anthony was sent to bury him. And so anyway, they meet. It's beautiful. They, the raven this day drops a whole loaf of bread instead of a half because there's two of them. And they, they share the bread, they, they spend the, the whole night talk, it, talking, it's just wonderful. But um, St. Paul sends Anthony away, requesting the cloak of St. Athanasius. And so St. Anthony wants to go get it for him. So he takes the couple of days to, to go get it and then, and then returns. And it, this is quite a lot of uh, traveling that he's doing as an old man. The reason why he why Paul sent him away was because he knew that Paul knew he was dying and he would wanted to spare Anthony seeing him die. So when Anthony is approaching the cave with the cloak of Athanasius, he's approaching and he sees Paul's soul go. So when he gets there, he's a little confused because Paul is praying, but he's in the posture of prayer and he's dead. So quickly he realizes Paul has died. So what to do now? Because 
he's an old man and Paul needs to be buried. He doesn't know what to do. He brings his body outside the cave, not able to dig the desert sand, no tools, not even, um, you know, the body to do it at over 90 years old. And so he's just not sure how this is going to go. And then he looks in the distance and he sees two lions galloping towards him. And his first thought was, oh no, they're going to eat me. Oh no, they're going to eat the body of Paul. He's not quite sure what to do, but they arrive and they sniff the holy body of Paul and they lift their heads up and they roar to heaven. And then they start digging. They dig the grave for Paul. So at the burial, St. Anthony says the prayers and while they, while he's saying the prayers and, and commending Paul's body to the earth, the lions, the pair of them, their heads are bowed. And then when he's done, they reverse bury, you know, they dig the opposite direction and they, they fill the grave. So they took care of that. Another, another example of this communion with with saints and animals. So they took care of it. And then they went to Anthony for a blessing. And once he blessed them, then they left. And that is the story of the lions and St. Anthony of the desert and Paul of the desert. All you angels and saints pray for us. You've been listening to your next mission from God with author and speaker, Julie Anderko. For more about Julie, visit her website at catholicfinishstrong.com and follow her YouTube channel, Catholic Saints on Mission. You can find previous episodes of Your Next Mission from God on the free Hail Mary Media app or your favorite podcast platform. Your Next Mission from God is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.